This is the JT and Looney Podcast, Episode 4. You've got mail. This one we're going to spend some time talking about the trials and tribulations of social media. The highs and lows, the pitfalls, and what we've seen in the last few years in regards to social media moving forward. We've seen a lot of people get wiped out in our industry because of their thumbs, because of tweeting for what they've said, making mistakes where you can make a mistake on the air with a microphone live and maybe apologize for it on a podcast, go back and hit record again. But once you send something out social media, it is with you, Tom, for the rest of your life. Once it's written, it's like it's carved in stone. You've taken your time. You've thought about it. You hit send. Different from when you're in a live format. You do have the excuse of doing an improvisational live format, trying to get out on the high wire, be edgy, and say something maybe you shouldn't have said. Happens all the time. But when it comes to social media, Facebook... Twitter, and you take your time and you write down awful stuff and you proofread it and then you hit send, you know, while you're zonked out on Ambien, Roseanne, uh, you have to pay you have to pay the price because you wrote it down, you thought about it, you hit send when you could have just gone to bed. When we look at it in sports, and I want to kind of keep it to sports here and then we'll branch out, there are athletes that have social media that are thin-skinned or there are athletes who do a lot of good things. With social media. Yeah. So they'll go on their Twitter, their Instagram, their Facebook, whatever it is, and they'll work with charitable causes. They'll do the right thing at the right time. But there always seems to be a handful of athletes that want to go back and forth with other individuals. And they could be emotional. It could be right after a game, moments after a game. It could be on an off day. It could be on a plane late at night. We've seen a couple of athletes fall into that trap. And it drives me crazy. And it's not only athletes, but anybody who's reached, uh, has earned and worked years and years and years, and even sticking to athletes, sweating inside of a gym from age 10 when they were visualizing being a professional football player, baseball player, basketball player, and they've put in all the hours to earn a platform to do some charity on the side or to promote their brand on Twitter, but they can't resist taking a look to see what the other kids at school are saying and other people who haven't earned platforms. It's a guy who's earned enough money to buy a phone. <laughs> and he's sitting in his basement or his grandmother's basement tweeting out awful things. And people who have worked all their lives to really earn a platform are ruining their lives by tweeting back at somebody who doesn't have a platform. They just have a phone. And you're ruining your own reputation. You're letting them see you sweat on Twitter and showing off your insecurities and ruining your own life. And that's uh, it's pretty sad sometimes. You have to be aggressive to stay away from these social media mistakes. Yes. Because there are race baiters out there that, to their core, they want to tweet on racial topics. It doesn't matter if mm -hmm. it has to be a black athlete, such as Colin Kaepernick, mm -hmm. if it has to be someone uh, race baiting, talking about politics. It could be someone, Jamel Hill who's had a great career, yes. when you take a look at the overall landscape of her career, when she's getting baited into talking about the president and crossing the line and bringing her company into play on this issue, being let go eventually by ESPN, and she's going to go on to other things. She's working with LeBron James right now on Shut Up and Dribble. What happens is you have to have no fear if you're going to sit there with your thumbs and start tweeting or going on these social media platforms talking about race and politics. We often get stick to sports 
from time to right. time, I'll put something out there because I think it's important to say and write back, stick to sports. Well, some people, their DNA is to talk about race, political issues, and they can't avoid it. Well, if you're going to do it, you have to be able to take the blowback. A, you have to remember what else it is that you do for a living. Is there something else that's getting you a paycheck or that's giving you this platform? You have to take into consideration your employer. You have to take into consideration your brand. All those things. And that's why, if you want to be a civil rights worker and a social justice warrior and work on those things, it can be pretty brutal and pretty thankless, and you have to be able to take the shots because in this country, in general, we don't want to talk about those things you or know, we, hear about it. Yeah, we touched on it. There's a lot of people that say I was hacked. That <laughs> was the big issue, right? We've yep. seen that. It used to be, hey, are you going to own it? Did you actually tweet that? Did you say that? Or are you going to go out there and say, no, it didn't happen to me. I, I was hacked. Someone got into my account. We saw that a bunch over the last four or five years. Or... The delete button where something will go out on social media, the blowback will happen so quick, that said item will be deleted, but still it's part of the blueprint of what you said. It really never goes well, away. Well, think before you send. And here's another thing, as I keep preaching so often, and that is take a deep breath and do nothing. If you've earned a platform, just use the platform. Talk about things that you think are important. Tweet about things. Use your thumbs to think about and, and say things that you think are important. But stop being the little girl in high school who sneaks into the, the girl's room early and puts her feet up on the toilet and locks the thing so she can hear what other girls are going to say about her when they smoke a cigarette in the bathroom. Stop being that girl. Stop being so you, you've earned a great platform. Stop trying to snoop and see what if you're a person who's overly sensitive. And I'll just speak for my own. Ever since the Kaepernick thing, people got pretty chippy on Twitter. So Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't look crazy. at it for a while when you and I debated the Kaepernick thing. Who the, who if they can say something awful to me and I don't respond, either they don't know that I saw it or I didn't see it. I didn't want them to see me sweat and lose my sense of likability. The problem that I see with this going forward is if you're going to play this role, if you're going to be tweeting on politics and race, right. let's just stick with that. Okay. Then you bring that life into your home with your family and kids and friends. If you're so comfortable talking about Kaepernick like we were on the radio, agreeing or disagreeing, that's one thing. When I went home, I never really talked about it much, but right. I, t I tweeted about it. So it was just like talking about it. I right. wasn't able to leave it at the studio and leave it with sports, it would invade my home where I'd be sitting at home on the couch, my kids are on the other side of the room, and there'd be something on Sports Center or late at night, and I'd have a different opinion, and I would tweet about it. But it was never with a bad thought about the issue. There are some people now that have to hear themselves talk, and the only way they can see themselves talk is on Twitter right. or social media. Makes so when the microphone right, goes off or the microphone or the stage you step down, they feel like they can keep it going on social media. And I just don't want that to be a part of my life when I get home, especially when it comes to race. We should all have great theories on life and race. We should all be inclusive. But if you're going to tweet about race often— 
there's such an easy chance to make a mistake. Something can be taken out of context. It's just like a text. I send you a text. If I put it in all caps, you know I'm mad. Right. You know I really believe on that. When you put it out there in regards to race, someone is going to be offended, maybe 50% of the room, because they don't agree with you. People have to be aware of their culture. If you really want to talk about race and tweet about race, you have to realize you live in a culture that doesn't want to read it, doesn't want to hear it, and doesn't want to talk about it. It is, you know, it is the, uh, it's our birthmark is, uh, is race issues in this country. And we don't, we, we like to cover it up with makeup. Other cultures like to talk about it. You know, in, uh, in Germany, everyone has to watch uh, Holocaust movies and, and Schindler's List. Everybody has to watch that when they're in high school. You know, we don't watch Twelve Years a Slave in our high schools. Matter of fact, there would be big, big a big fight to mm. keep that out, just because we're very sensitive about that birthmark. So, if you want to dive into that pool with that issue, you better you better think about it because it is one issue we just don't. The collective we. Don't. I want to talk about it. You want to talk about it because uh, we want to make things better. But people don't want to hear us talk about it. Let's look at it from an athlete's perspective. We often talk about Kevin Durant. He's thin-skinned. Yes. We know when he says it, he's looking at his phone. Yes. He's, in private moments, he's looking yes. for the reaction. You know, because he had burner accounts. Burner yep. accounts is a big deal. What you believe, this is so important to you as a professional athlete, a multimillionaire, that you can't take it. That you and I don't want to call it an addiction, but for some people it's an addiction. There are now apps that you can put on your phone that have timers on how long. I'd recommend everybody doing this because my wife looked into this not for her, but she looked into this for a friend and other people, and we were talking about it. You can now put apps on kids' phones, athletes' phones that shows you how long you're on social media. It right. will disturb you to know how much that you look at it, because I think it's very addictive. This oh is going to come yes. out in years to come. It's going to blow us away when studies come out. You often talk about brain and concussions, and it's too early for us to have the research yes, right. long-term, because it's going to take forever. Yeah, it takes a long time to do a long-term Well, study. it's not going to take long when it comes to this one. <laughs> when they research social media and how much time we look at these Apple devices, these you know, phones that we have in the palm of our hands more than us using headsets or microphones. It's very addictive. And when it comes to athletes, I think it's really hard for an athlete to live a life and have to give his social media opinions out there for their brand and then take all the heat that comes back in return. Recently, Aaron Rodgers lost a bunch of games in a row on the road. People are saying, well, you're dating Danica Patrick. You don't talk to your brother, which he doesn't. You don't talk to your mom. And then you know he knows this. Right. Someone's telling him he's looking at it, but he's got to go out there and run away from linemen, throw touchdowns. This is in the back of his mind when he goes home at night. Yeah, it is, and because he's only human, and we forget, yes. as I always mention in every podcast, they are not cartoons. You know that from being John Gruden's friend. It hurts you when people take him on because people see him as Chucky and see him as a guy on TV. You see him as a friend, and and people forget that they are human beings who can be very frail like Kevin Durant. But I still think these guys, especially in this day and age, more teams sticking to sports need to, and maybe Hollywood Studios, have someone aboard, uh, an advisor, Bingo. who reminds people to take a deep breath. You've earned a great platform. Use it to talk about the American Cancer Society or feeding the poor or whatever issues you may care about, even if they're more intense. But stop looking at what people are saying. And it's especially with younger athletes. 
it's really hard for them not to go to the comments section and look at the awful things that people are saying. But this was never an issue with Michael Jordan. It was really never an issue with all the great icons who were out there. Brett Favre, we talked about taking a picture, right, right. sending a picture. We started to talk about the phone and the camera phone and how that played into our life. But social media, to me, is so different because of how addictive it is and how certain athletes believe they have to use it for their brand. Some are exceptional. But Steph Curry can go on Instagram and talk to a young girl who wants to have a pair of sneakers like the boy has. Right. And it could be a great, unbelievable it, it, moment. It's just as easy to use it solely for positive reasons, as it is to get chippy and debate with people. Here's another way you can use it, too. Cam Newton, of all people, is real careful. Remember when he said, routes? Remember he, yeah. was, he said some sexist stuff to, to a woman who seemed to know a lot about football? And we were waiting, but he took his time, put a real nice video together. Some people thought too much time because it took him a couple of days, but he waited, said the right thing, did the right thing. And he just tweets about charities and tries to say nice things. Real smart with his social media. We often talk about are things going to get better or worse going forward. We'd mm -hmm. like to wake up every day with unicorns and rainbows, yes. and the world's going to get better. That's me. This is one of the topics that I think is going to get worse. Because now we live in a society that has Instagram, Facebook, we have a Snapchat, we have all these social media assets for us to play with, have fun with, connect our friends and family together. But going forward, everybody's trying to top each other with new, unique ways to get us all to interact. So I believe there's going to be more mistakes along the way. When you have more opportunities, there's more opportunities for mistakes. And I think the young athlete who's 12, 13 years old today has much more peer pressure when it comes to social media for athletes who are now 30 40 and 50 who never had this type of pressure had to worry about who was going to take their picture coming out of a bar, who was going oh, to take yeah. their picture in a hotel lobby. Now it's who's got a camera on you 24 7, 365. And, and that way, when you say, are things going to get worse? I'm always in the belief, in the larger sense, that things are always getting better. What I worry about is the perception with younger people, like when somebody. When somebody's harassing a black family cooking out at the park, and really the only reason they're harassing them is because they are black, well, those are such those incidents happen less and less each year because we're less racist each and every year of that we're on this planet in this country, and we're more mixed and more black families and white families are mixing together and having babies. But younger people don't know that, that it was much worse 10 and 20 and 30 years ago because there's proof with phones that things aren't perfect. But younger people don't know the complete history of it. I worry about younger people thinking the world is getting worse when I firmly believe it's always getting better. For us in sports media, it's been an asset because our audience can get in touch with us live yeah. at any moment by just sending us a tweet. You know, we come from the day where you had to call in to a sports talk right? show. You don't like that guy. You don't have that topic. Or a fax. You got to wait on hold, <laughs> send a fax or whatever. Now, in a matter of moments, you can get in a studio. You can get in a host mind instantly by saying something personal right. or saying something about an athlete. I think a lot of people use it for bully tactics. They're being a bully on social media because they're anonymous. They don't have their real picture. They don't have their real name. And there's millions of those people. Again, not to get political on this podcast, when you look at an election and Russian hacking and bots huh. and how many messages could go out, at times someone has to click on the other end or they have to look at it. But in the world of social media and sports, 
Athletes can either do what Tiger and LeBron say they do. When Tiger gets to the Masters, there's no social media. Right. None. When LeBron gets to the postseason, he claims that he turns his social media off right. and deactivates it. Do you believe that? Yes. Because of the success of those two. I totally disagree. No. I think his ego is so big when he's at home and he's having a Sprite outside <laughs> of his Kia because he has a brand. He's turning on that phone. He's laying in bed. The kids are asleep. And he's looking at something. You think he's going cold turkey just because it's the playoffs? Yeah, I do think he. I think, I think he's strong enough to do that. And I always firmly believed, even though I was a Kobe defender, that he heard all the chirping, even though he would say he doesn't listen to any of that, because he was constantly trying to kill everything anybody said and he did a very good job at it can't win without Shaq can't pass yeah. LeBron, can't pass Michael Jordan on the scoring list so he was killing one thing or another and another that people were saying really he did that without knowing that that was being said I think LeBron probably does you take a look at the elites he talked about Tiger Woods look how he handles his social media he's not on social media MFing somebody who said something awful about his mother his sister his girlfriend or or having sex with waitresses no it's about his charity got the masters coming up very excited. He's very prudent with it. Everybody could learn from taking a look at Tiger Woods' Twitter feed and his website. I think politicians have it tougher than everybody. Because you think about that. We have a president that loves to tweet to get his message out because he actually gets his message out that way. He believes that his message is going nowhere because certain news networks won't shine a positive light. Or he's got people around him saying, don't say that. All the time. I mean, I wake up every day wondering if a market's going to collapse or what's going to (laughs) happen every day just by turning on my phone in the morning. And I think politicians, who many have big hearts and want to do the right thing, they're in public service. They're not making little to any money when you look at the the big pictures of movie stars and athletes. Every time they show up on Capitol Hill or City Hall or they're somewhere in their community and they look at their social media, they're alienating so many people, but they're not. They're trying to do the right thing, but fans... And constituents come right back at them. It must be tough to be a politician, Tom, in this day and age. I think it's always been tough to be a politician, but I'm glad you brought that up because I grew up where, you know, kindergarten, second grade, fourth grade, every two years, Billy's father would run for city council. And in fourth grade, Billy's father ran against Teddy's father for city council. So it wasn't the lesser of two evils. It was Billy's father and Teddy's father. In sixth grade, Billy Cooler's father became city manager, so his mother ran for the empty city council seat. Well, that's Billy's mother. It's not lesser of two evils when she ran against the police chief, Bernie DeMember. No, no, that was my grandparents' neighbor's son and my best friend's mom. So it's never the lesser of two evils running, even with Trump and Hillary. No, it's someone's mom. Someone's dead. They're Americans. We nominated them. Uh, and I think when you fall, I'm glad you brought that up, fall into the trap of that cliche, which when Colin Kaepernick spewed it, I was so annoyed because that means he doesn't follow politics if he's just spewing a lame cliche, that we have to remember politicians who are trying to do good, our mothers and fathers, our sons and daughters, they're our fellow citizens. They're not evil. One of the things I need to get better at, and there's many, okay. but we've talked about this at length with our phones on our cameras. A lot of times I take pictures for my family that are private, but many times I take pictures to tweet right. or to put on Facebook. We did a video. I call it Backyard Brick in front of my house where we were talking about the podcast. And 
I'm thinking that when I go to a sporting event, I have to have my camera out. I go to a lot of concerts. And well, I'm you're there. that guy. I, yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm at Metallica <laughs> or whatever concert it is. And I notice that I just can't keep my hands down or grab a beer. Where's my phone? I got to yeah. take a video. And you take a video at the sporting event and you take a video at the concert or wherever you're at. And the video is useless the next day. <laughs> it sucks. You get back and you start going through your videos and you go. Just taking up your memory. Well, that's okay. I'm going to post that. But the other 11 <laughs> took away from the interaction that I was having with the artist. We often talk about people who go to the Vatican oh, to right. go see the Pope. When the Pope was in Philadelphia and the Pope was getting closer and closer, you're going to meet the Pope. And then people turn their back on the Pope so they can pose with their selfie. And with the Pope in the background, it's the only time in the history of the universe, well, in the last 2,000 years when there's been Popes, where people will turn their back on the pontiff so they can get a good picture. It's so disrespectful. Let's stop for a second and think of what you just said, because it's true. We see it all the time. The Pope is about <laughs> to come right in your distance area of four to five personal space and you're worried about your phone being on you're worried about the photo instead of just making eye contact with the pope or a celebrity or someone important in your life we are so addicted in this country to our phones our social media because we believe if we don't have that photo, it never happened. No, you were never with the Pope. You were never there. How were you there? I don't have a picture to see it. Kevin Durant was there, LeBron, Tiger. No, you weren't with Phil Mickelson. Where's the photo? Why can't we just engage and we, have that moment? There's no carpe diem. We can never seize the moment. We have to pause the moment and ask the Pope, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Pope, please wait. wait. That didn't come out. Yeah, it's, it's we're constantly, oh. even the, the man who represents God on earth, is being told, wait. How many times has Mick Jagger stopped to take a picture and someone said, oh no, it didn't It didn't happen. Can I do it again? Oh my God. Yeah. Add up all those <laughs> moments, right? <laughs> those moments that people aren't seizing to enjoy because they didn't get the picture. But on a personal note, and we've been on such a great journey together, 14 years on the radio, now that we have this podcast, and whatever we do going forward, there are a lot of traps with social media. We all got to get better. Yes. I've watched some people benefit because of their race baiting and their clickbait. And to me, it's horrifying. Anybody who becomes more productive or more famous in life and has more followers all of a sudden because they're talking about heinous topics oh, yeah. or they're ready to dive in the sewer and roll up their sleeves to talk about these issues. If that's how you become more famous and more popular, keep me out, because I don't think you can separate it. I don't think you could separate the sewer part of social media, mm -hmm. which has a beach and a high-rise and a sewer. Right. I don't think you can separate <laughs> the sewer from your personal life when you go home and you go, okay, I'm going to put my phone down, talk to my kids, hang out with my wife, go for a walk with my dog, because we're getting to the point where we can't do anything without phones and social well, media. Well, the reason why we're friends and still are friends after working every day together for 14 years, and some people have a hard time staying friends when that happens, we're only human, is because I want to be around people who believe like I believe in this way. And our politics isn't the same, but our character is in this way. 
I will never roll out of bed and say, how can I make life difficult for an immigrant today? I will never roll out of bed and say, how can I make life difficult for a person of a different color than me today who struggles because I live in a majority white culture? So they have struggles I am unaware of. I won't dismiss their struggles, and I won't make life any more difficult for them than it already is. And go on and on about other people, trans people, whatever you want to pick. I'm not going to roll out of bed and make like my more difficult for those who are different than me and neither are you and i believe this when you look at there's a lot of decent people who fall into the social media trap we all have we've all made mistakes you've walked me off the ledge i talk about it i see it i see other people doing it you go why it was so obvious how could you make that type of mistake why did you tweet that why did you have to delete it why would you waste your time thinking of that tweet is because the last few years Just the last few years, 10 to 15 years, this has been such a powerful additional element brought into sports and sports media that everybody thinks they have to partake. I rarely, and you know I love to talk to sports fans. That's my life. Yes. And I love to talk to fans, and there's a few usually older fans, like Raider Mord and other guys that we know, who don't have a cell phone with a camera. Right. Or they don't want to tweet. They don't know how to do it. They just go to sporting events. They bring a pair of binoculars. Or, concerts. or they go to concerts, right? They just and go they, see the Pope. Yeah, and they go <laughs> sit there and they do their thing because it's the right way to experience life. Are we making mistakes? Because we do get that great photo that we love. My wife took a picture of me at Normandy. It changed my life because I was by myself yeah. on the beach in Normandy. And my wife took this picture and I tweeted it out from the beaches of Normandy. Ten minutes later, because the adrenaline was coming through me saying, I don't think there's a picture other than with my wife and kids or family that mean more to me in my life than that moment. And I couldn't wait to put it up on social media. Even before the phone, I've always hated cameras because I love to seize the moment, enjoy the moment, let it go. But I never hated pictures. Just as you say, I love pictures. I hate cameras. That's a fanny dooley. Well, let's take a picture here. Let's take a selfie right here as we we wrap up this edition of the podcast. Great to talk about this. This is one of the many topics we'll be talking about on future editions of the JT and Looney podcast. Let's, Let's not tweet or take a selfie for the next 24 hours. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.